listening to the Faithology Podcast with John Barrett, where you'll hear great ideas, interviews, and inspiration to help maximize your spiritual growth. Hey guys, you're listening to the Faithology Podcast. It's so good to have you back today. I am so excited to be here with you guys. I'm so glad that you're listening and tuning in wherever you are right now, whether you're driving in the car or you're walking around your house, cleaning up, doing laundry, or you're sitting in your office or wherever you may be. It's great to have you here on the episode. We're going to have a good one today, guys. I've got a lot of things I want to share with you. But hey, before that, I hope things are going well in your life. I hope that God is moving in your life. I hope that you are moving with God in your life and you're not just sitting still, just existing and just coasting through life. But I truly, truly hope and pray that you are being everything that God's called you to be and you're doing everything God's called you to do. We're not perfect, but I'll tell you what, we strive every day and we press on, as Paul said, towards the prize and towards going after the things that God has for us. So I hope you're there today and I hope you're going to be lifted up and encouraged today. And I hope you're going to get some value to begin to fuel your journey so that you can begin to do even greater things for Christ because Jesus said, even greater things will you do than I did. Now that's incredible, guys that Jesus would even say that. I mean, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, who did incredible things on the earth, and yet he said that even greater things will you do than I did. So guys, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We are able to do all that God wants, so I hope you're doing that. Hey, listen, today, guys, I wanna talk to you about time today. I want to talk to you about time because time is a big deal, and how we use our time is a huge deal to God. God has so much to say in his word about time and about uh, how we lead and use and manage our time and all these things that that we hear about. You know, we hear about this in, in business, we hear about it in life and self-help and all these things, but, you know, the Bible has more to say about time and how we use our time than any book you could get out there on self-help or time management or whatever. The Bible says in Psalm 90, verse 12, it says this, "'Teach us to number our days.'" that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Guys, listen, numbering your days is about being intentional about the life that you want to live, the life that God called you to live. We have got to number our days. Numbering our days means that we sit down and we literally take an account of how we're using our time. How are we using the life that God gave us? You know, one thing about time is this, you can never get it back. Anything else in life almost, you can get back somehow, some way. If you lose finances, you can make it up, right? If you lose a little bit of sleep and you haven't had a lot, you can kind of get some rest and make up and refresh your energy. You know, if you lose different things in life, a keys or you lose uh, material things, you can go out and buy a new one or get something else. But the reality is when we lose time, we never get it back. We've got one shot on this earth to live our life. And so time is a big deal, guys. And I think sometimes we take it for granted. Sometimes we just are too flippant with our time. We treat it as though we're gonna live forever and and we're gonna have opportunities down the road. And we live in the future so much that we overestimate the future. We think many times that, oh, we've got time to do that. Oh, we're, we'll get to that one day. Oh, that'll happen down the road. But the reality is, is that we overestimate our time and we underestimate what we've got today. We overestimate the future. 
and we underestimate the time that we have today. Because the reality is, is life is made up of time. I mean, that's just how God put us on this earth. You know, we have an expiration date. In fact, check this out. I had a a friend that told me about this, and I found out the day I was going to die. That's right. I found out the day I'm going to die. Can you believe that? That's right. I went to deathclock.com. My friends, I went there, I punched in the info, it asked me a bunch of questions about my weight, my height, and my age, and my lifestyle, and I put it all in, and I hit enter, and all of a sudden it said, February 10th, 2074, bam, I'm going to die, and the countdown began right before my eyes. You talk about waking you up and freaking you out. I mean, the countdown started going down by the milliseconds on February 10th, 2074. It said I'd be 94 years old when I die. Now, that's a pretty good life right there. I think 94 is pretty good. So, but you know, I, I did this. It was kind of fun. I Obviously, I don't think there's any truth in it. I hope though, because 94 years old is a ripe old age. I'll take that for sure. But you know, the reality is, this is kind of a strange thought, but the day that we're born is the day that our death clock on earth begins to count down. The day that we're born is the day we start dying. And what I mean by that is that we have an expiration date, guys. And because we have an expiration date on this earth, we've got to use it to the most of our ability. We've got to use it to our best intentionality on what's going on in our life. We've got to use it every single day. Time is a big deal. Teach us to number our days. So guys, I don't know what your death clock is. I don't know when your expiration date is. I hope it's a ripe long age on the earth before we pass on in this life. But the reality is, is this, none of us know for sure. And that's why it's so important that we don't overestimate tomorrow and we underestimate today. We have got to understand that life is made up of a whole lot of todays. That's what tomorrow is made up, is a whole lot of todays. So guys, I wanna share with you some thoughts about time today. I wanna share with you how important it is, why it's important. I'm actually gonna share the four C's about time, the four C's that we've gotta get concerning time. But let me ask you this, why is it that some people seem to have more time than others. You ever notice that? I mean, it's like some people get just extra time in the day. It's like they get 28 hours or 32 hours, and some people get even less than 24. Like they get, I don't know, 18 or 20. Why is it that it, it appears that some people get so much done in their life and others don't? You know, I think of it like a suitcase. If you go on a vacation and you pack a suitcase, right, there's some people that when they pack it precise, I mean, they could get the whole entire closet into the suitcase. And then there's some people like me that just kind of throw stuff in the suitcase, and yet we're not able to get hardly anything in there. And why is it that some people can pack better and some can't? Well, the reality is this, that those that pack their suitcase with intentionality and thoughtfulness, and they really plan it out, and they really make sure that they make everything efficient in their suitcase, those are the ones that get more in it. And the ones that just sort of throw stuff in last minute and and just throw in whatever they need real fast and don't take the time to be intentional, those are the ones that end up not getting enough in what they need. And if we think of our suitcase like our life, 
There's some people that are so intentional that they're able to put so much in there and they're able to carry so much in their life. But then there's other people that they're just not able to put hardly anything in it. And they're the people that look like they've only got 16 hours in a day while other people look like they've got 32. Well, it's not that some people are blessed and some people aren't. It's not that some people are lucky and some aren't. It's not that some people are just... um, better off than others or whatever, or certainly it's not that some other people get more time than others. It's all about how you approach it. See, there's three different kinds of people when it comes to time. This is what I found. The first group of people are victims of their time. I mean, these are people who are getting slaughtered with their time. I mean, they are literally a victim of their time. They are running around. Their time is telling them what to do. It's abusing them. It's using them, and they're losing I'm telling you, they are just chasing life by the tail, and they're ending up nowhere. They're not getting anything out of it. But then there's the second group of people, and we hear about this a lot, to manage your time. There's managers of their time. And I would say this, managers of their time are definitely better off than victims of their time, but they're only managing their time. I mean, they're barely keeping their head above the water. They're barely keeping up with what's in front of them. They're just shuffling things and managing things and moving things around on the schedule constantly. And they're literally in the rat race of just managing everything. And they're surviving, but they're not thriving. They're managing but they're not really, really, really going to the next level. And what I'd say for the next level is this. There's the next group of people, and this is where we need to strive to be, and that's those that are leaders of their time. They're not victims, and they're not just managers of their time. They're leaders of their time. These are the people that are intentional. These are the people that time works for them. They literally prioritize what they do. They don't prioritize uh, or they don't schedule their priorities. They prioritize their schedule, right? I mean, they don't just look at their schedule and begin to prioritize what's in their schedule. They prioritize their schedule. That means they tell their time and their schedule what they're going to do. They leave out what needs to go and they begin to put in the things that need it. I heard this great, great quote years ago that said, uh, the bad news is that time flies, The good news is you're the pilot. That's the good news. The bad news is is that time is always flying. The good news is you can become the pilot when you learn to lead your time and to lead your time effectively. And we've got to do that. You know, Corey Tinboom said this, the devil can't, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. I like that. If the devil's not going to make you bad, he's just going to make you busy. Because if you're busy, you're going to miss out on so much in life. So we can't treat our time as an excuse. We can't say that, well, we just don't have enough time or there's just more to get done than I can do. No, no, no. You have to get control because the Bible said that we've got to number our days. You know what it was saying? It was saying that we've got to be intentional. We've got to sit down and begin to take control and say, you know what, God, you've given me one life to live. You've given me one day at a time to live, and I've got to be serious about this. If you treated your schedule as though you treat your hobbies, imagine how much better you would be. If you treated your schedule and your life just like you treat your grocery list, imagine how much better you may be. If you treated your schedule like you do the demands that are put on you at work, then think of how much better you could be. The truth is, is that we 
Treat our schedule as if it's something that's just kind of last minute. I mean, we literally, we, we don't even look at our schedule to prioritize it. We don't even look at it to figure out if what we're doing, we should be even doing. We never just sit down and assess and say, wait a minute, is all this lining up with the life that I want to live and the direction that I want to go and the things that God is calling me to do? I think if we were to have a come to Jesus meeting with our schedule, we would find that there are many things on it that we just simply need to let go of. We just simply need to say, no, it's not the season. It's not what God is calling me to do. And I've only got one shot. Then I can't let others control my life and my time. I've got to allow God and the priorities that he's put in me to control it. So I want to help you guys today. And, and I want us to look at the, the what I call the four C's of time. These are the four things that are going to help you to to get control of your time, to begin to be intentional about your time, to begin to understand that you're the pilot, that God has given you the ability, and I would even say the responsibility to be in control of your time, to number your days so that you can gain a heart of wisdom, so that you can redeem the time and make the best of the time that is given to you. Because at the end of life, we're not going to look back and say, gosh, I wish I would have spent more time doing things I didn't want to do. I wish I would have spent time doing things that God didn't want me to do. Of course we wouldn't say that. We're going to look back and say, you know what? I wanted to spend more time doing the things that really mattered. So we want to be able to look back, not with regrets, but with great memories. Not look back on unfulfilled dreams, but look back with great memories of everything that we were able to do because God wanted us to do it. We want to die with memories, not dreams still within us. So how do we do that? I'm going to give you the four C's that I think are going to help you to do this. Number one, if you're taking notes, if you're driving, or if you're in your car, we'll just go back and listen to this because I'm telling you, if you follow these four things, you are going to begin to number your days and get wisdom and begin to fulfill what God wants. I promise you that. I know that sounds big salesy, but I'm telling you, if you follow these four C's, I'm telling you, you are going to be so productive in your life. If you don't, well, you might survive, but you're not going to thrive. So number one is this, clarify your destination clarify your destination. I remember years ago, I saw a Charlie Brown uh, comic strip and Charlie was shooting arrows out into this field. And Lucy walks up and Charlie doesn't recognize that she's watching him. And she sees all these targets everywhere on all these trees. And there's an arrow right in the middle of every target, dead bullseye. She's thinking, wow, Charlie's awesome. He's a, he's a marksman. He's incredible. And so she slowly walks up. Charlie doesn't know it. And so he pulls out an arrow and he shoots it. And it just flies and it hits this tree going the opposite direction of where he was pointing. And it hits a tree with no target in sight. And she's thinking, wow, I just saw him miss his first target. This is incredible. How did he do that? He's hit all these other ones. And so Charlie looks around. He doesn't see Lucy. He walks up to the arrow. He looks around again to make sure nobody's watching, and he pulls out a target from the back of his pocket, and he puts it right over the top of that arrow so it's bull's eye. And she thought, that's how he did it. He wasn't hitting the target. He was just aimlessly hitting trees, and then he'd go and put a target afterwards. And I think that's what we do in life so many times. We're walking around, and we're just shooting arrows. We're just spending our time. We're spinning our wheels. We're doing this. We're doing that. We're going here. We're taking care of the kids. We're working on this task. We're doing this. We're doing that. We're trying to serve at the church. 
And all these arrows are going out. And what we do at the end of the day is we just hope that we put a target over them and we hope that it hit bullseye. I'm telling you that you have to clarify your destination on the front end. Proverbs 29, 18 talks about this. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. You know what vision is? Vision is a target. It's a preemptive target before you even shoot. It's knowing that there is an end in sight. It's being able to see the final result, the destination. You've got to begin to get vision in your life because if you don't have a vision of where you need to go and how you need to spend your time, as the Bible says, then you're gonna begin to perish. That means you're gonna begin to die on the inside. That means you're gonna begin to lose what it is that you need to be doing. So you've got to clarify the destination. And what I want to do is give you a tip. I want you to write down your vision in life. You say, well, John, what do you mean my vision? Here's what a good vision is. It accomplishes why you exist, why you live on this earth, why God is calling you to do something. You've got to clarify that. You've got to have some Jesus time. That means if you need to get away and begin to say, you know what? I just need to spend some time with God and just assess my life and evaluate, am I living the life that God has called me to live? I've only got one shot. So I'm gonna challenge you to, to go through a process. Now listen, um, there's many resources out there to take you through a life vision and, and be able to get purpose in your life. Michael Hyatt wrote a great book um, that, that is a fantastic book about coming up with this life vision in your life and beginning to get this uh, a vision for your life. It's a fantastic book. Michael Hyatt wrote it. It's called Living uh, on Purpose, I Believe. Let me look it up real quick for you here. I'll pull up my notes uh, online here and uh, make sure I get the title of the book. I went through this book not too long ago, and uh, it was a great book. It just really helps you to really identify the things that you want to do in your life. And so I'm going to challenge you to, to check this book out. He's got many resources there, Become the Pilot of Your Life. It's a, it's a great book on there. But I want to challenge you to, to begin to go check out these books, Living Life on Purpose. Michael Hyatt, go check it out. But there's many other resources out there, many other resources that begin to help you to clarify the destination. But I want to challenge you to write it down. Habakkuk 2.2 says this, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. You know, the Bible says is we've got to write our vision down so that we can run with it so that we don't forget about it. See, if it's not in writing, it's just not real. Too many times we can forget about it if we don't clarify it and write it down. It's not enough just for you to have some time where you think like, oh yeah, I should be doing this. How many times have we been driving in the car and we felt like the Lord gave us an idea, but then we forget about it? because we didn't write it down. So I'm gonna challenge you, spend some time, go through some resources, check out these resources with Michael Hyatt with defining a vision for your life and going through a process to really understand your why and why you're here and begin to write that down. So clarify your destination, pick something and begin to say, you know what? This is what I'm gonna to begin to focus on. This is what I want my life to be about is this and clarify that. Number two is this, chart the course. So once you've clarified the destination, I want you to begin to chart the course. That means what is the path that you're gonna to take to get to your destination? What is it? You know, Morgan Scott Peck said this in his book, The Road Less Traveled. He said, life is complex. Each one of us must make his own path through life. There are no self-help manuals, nor formulas, 
No easy answers. The right road for one is the wrong road for another. The journey of life is not paved in blacktop. It is not in brightly lit, and it is no road signs on it. It is a rocky path through the wilderness. And I like that because I think a lot of times we think, yeah, but it's so hard to figure out a path, and, and, and we compare ourselves with other people. Listen, the path that God has called you to take may look very different than someone else's. Proverbs, the Bible says in Proverbs 69, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. So you know what that means is that we need to plan our course. The Bible says humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. That means that we need to do our best to plan, but then allow God to work in us through that plan begin to allow to to give us those steps that we need to take. But when you lay down, when your prayer is, God, give me the next step. What is the next step? When you ask God that, he'll begin to give you the course that you need to take. You've got to break down the destination into small steps. It's through small steps that we make giant leaps in life. It's through those little things that we do. So I want to challenge you. Begin to ask God, God, what's the next step for me? Once you've clarified that destination, begin to say, God, help me to chart the course. But God, you establish those steps. God, you help me. And if you want to take me on a detour, that's fine. But God, I'm going to be faithful to sit down and number my days so that I can gain wisdom, so that I can understand exactly the path that you're calling me to take. He's not going to reveal every step, but he will reveal the next step. He's not going to reveal every blueprint for your life. That's why there's faith in here, that we do this podcast called Faithology so that we can level up our faith because it's going to take faith for you to take the next step. But God will always reveal the next step for you. He may not reveal every step, but he will reveal the next step. So you sit down and chart the course. Say, God, show me the next step and begin to work it and begin to walk in that direction. Third C is this. You've got to calculate the cost. So you clarify the destination, you chart the course, now you're gonna have to calculate the cost. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke 14. He said, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build but wasn't able to finish. And then he goes on to say, or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? You know what Jesus was getting onto? He was saying, listen, if you're going to follow me, you need to sit down and calculate the cost. If you're going to be my disciple, you've got to sit down and and figure out what it's going to take. Listen, if you're going to build a tower, Jesus said, aren't you first going to sit down and figure out if you've got what you need to complete it? If you're going to go to war, aren't you first going to sit down and figure out a strategy? Listen, we don't just run in the life blindly. We don't just become a, a manager of time and just try to shuffle what's thrown at us. Remember, we've got to lead our time. That means that we've got to sit down and calculate the cost. What are we going to give up? What are we going to sacrifice so that we can get a hold of? You see, sacrifice is not about losing something. It's about gaining something better. So you let go of something lesser so that you can gain something greater. 
So when we sit down, we've got to calculate the cost. What is God calling you to let go of that's of lesser value so that you can get a hold of something that's of greater value? There may be things in your life, in your business, in your life, in your family that you've got to let go of. You've got to let go of of doing these things so that you can have a greater impact. Maybe you've got to let go of something in your schedule so that you can spend more time with your family. Maybe you've got to let go of something you're doing in your business so that you can start doing something greater. Maybe you've got to let go of a a hobby that you're doing a little bit of so that you can get a hold of being a part of a ministry at your church that's making a difference in people's lives. Now, I'm not saying go without hobbies, but maybe you need to kind of take some self-evaluation and calculate the cost. Is this the life that you want to live? You've got to identify the obstacles that are going to hold you back from fulfilling the calling and the destiny that God has for you. So calculate the cost in your life. What do you need to give up? What do you need to let go of so that you can gain something greater? Last C is this, commit to the journey. So we, 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 we sit down and we clarify the destination, we chart the course, we calculate the cost, and now we've got to commit to the journey. Guys, we got to be committed. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. You want to know why they're going to succeed is because they're going to be the Lord's plans. When you've gone through the process to clarify your destination and you begin to self-evaluate exactly what God has put you on this earth to do, and you begin to go through the process of charting that course, and you begin to chart that course and begin to figure out what God wants, and you calculate the cost, and you're committing those plans to God now, you're gonna succeed because you're gonna be right in line with what God wants in your life. The Bible says in Proverbs 24, a sluggard does not plow in season, so at harvest time he looks but finds nothing. I wanna challenge you guys. You gotta be committed. You've got to be committed to what God is calling you to do. You know, you've, you've got to say, God, I'm going to do whatever it takes. God, I'm going to do it. Even if it's hard, even if it's tough, God, I'm going to keep pushing through. You know, it's like I heard a story about a kamikaze pilot on his 40th mission, right? And if you think about that, um, that wasn't very committed, right? I mean, if you think about a kamikaze pilot, which is is meant to, to be kind of a, a suicide mission to be committed for the cause of whatever it is, whether it's a good one or not. And, and you think about that when you're on your 40th mission, you're not committed to it, right? I mean, you're bailing out last minute. And I think a lot of people are like that. Here we are and God's calling us just to give our life and our time and our focus and our energy to do what he's called us to do. And yet we're kind of bailing out on it. And we think, ah, it's just too tough and all that. You know, we will flow to the path of least resistance if we're not careful. But I want to challenge you guys. Be committed. Be committed to it. Not just when you feel like it, but be committed because you know that it's the right thing to do. Guys, if we only do things that we feel good about and we only do things that we're comfortable doing, we're never going to move on to greatness because all growth takes place outside the comfort zone. So if you only do what you feel like doing, you're never going to 
branch out into greater opportunities. So I want to challenge you, be committed. Commitment is about doing something even when it's tough, even when it's hard. Listen, there's going to be things that challenge you. There's going to be opportunities that jump up and they're going to call for your time. They're going to call for your energy and your focus. But you've got to say, you know what? I've already sat down. I've done the legwork. I know what I should be giving my time to and what I shouldn't. And now you've got a filter for your time. Most people don't have a filter for their time. Therefore, they're living their life on everybody else's time. They're living their life on everybody else's emergency. They're living their life on everybody else's demands, but they're missing out on the true calling that's within them to fulfill. They're missing out on what God is calling them to do. And guys, I'm telling you, people are getting slaughtered by it. Too many people are living life, just as Corey Ten Boom said, just busy. And if the devil can't make you bad, he's going to make you busy. And I want to challenge you. Don't find yourself so busy that you're missing out on what's important in life. You know what? I want to challenge you to live a life doing what you've been called to do, giving your life to what really matters. Get a hold of your time, guys. Honor God with your time. If you're not honoring God with how you're spending your time, pouring into yourself, pouring into others, pouring into the opportunities and the gifts and the talents that God has given you, then you're gonna miss out. So I want you to do this. I wanna challenge you to get away. Some of you literally need to get away for a few hours, maybe a half day, maybe a whole day, and just spend some time evaluating your life and figuring out what it is that you need to let go of and that you need to grab a hold of more in your life. What is it that you need to spend more time doing And what is it that you need to be spending less time doing? I'm telling you, if you follow those four C's, you're gonna begin to see your life come together in all the plans that God has for you. Guys, thanks for listening today. My prayer is that you get a hold of your time so that your time begins to be something that works for you, not against you, and not something that you work for, but that works for you. Allow God to lead and control your time so that you can be in step with that. Guys, Thanks for listening to the Faithology Podcast. Let your friends know about this podcast if you found it helpful. And go check out my blog and all my resources. Check out my book, Faithology. I'd love for you to get a copy. Guys, I love you. Have a great time. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Faithology Podcast. To get more of John's resources, visit his website at www.johnbarrettblog.com.